0: That's very unpleasant, and the, the range of, of what you can get from your doctor can, I mean, and the range of causes to want to ask for another doctor can be anywhere from that to that they're just not listening to you. Um, but whatever reason you have for being uncomfortable, you can do something about it. Um, you definitely don't have to just sit with a person who doesn't believe you or doesn't trust you or is telling you that what you experience is false, um, even. Even with GPs, you can request another GP. It might be a bit of a process. Like I know in Canada here, like you have to um, submit a request to the medical oversight board to get assigned a different GP just because they're all so busy and there's a shortage. But it's still possible if you have a reason, if you're saying, look, I'm not comfortable with this doctor anymore, then then that's all that they need. Um, You just have to be prepared to do a little bit of admin.
1: You're listening to Amy Orr. Her book, Taming Chronic Pain, has been rated as a five-star read by Amazon customers. Today, she's talking about what to do if your doctor doesn't listen to you. And this can be a real problem for people with chronic pain conditions. And the opioid crisis has only made matters worse. Amy has some very down-to-earth and practical advice for you if you find yourself in this situation. Also in today's episode we talk about how to retrain your nervous system to shift your attention away from pain and towards more pleasant feelings and associations. Quote of the day, which Nobel Prize winning author who saw combat in both world wars said when people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen answer at the end of today's show. Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of the Back Pain Liberation podcast. I'm Ian Barker, here to help you find your way out of chronic back pain. In this, the third and final installment from Amy Orr, we talk about what to do if your doctor doesn't listen to you it's usually difficult to pin down the exact cause of chronic back pain. In the absence of an easily identifiable illness or injury, you may find that your doctor's rather dismissive and doesn't really listen to you. Many people get the feeling that their doctor just doesn't believe them, especially in the wake of the opioid crisis. These days, doctors have to follow strict guidelines to prevent the misuse of pain relief medication. And while long-term use of painkillers is best avoided if at all possible, this shouldn't lead to a breakdown of trust between you and your doctor. When you're suffering chronic pain, a good relationship with your GP or consultant is essential. Stay tuned to find out what to do if you're not getting the support that you want from your doctor. Also in this episode, we talk about retraining your nervous system. Amy says that maintaining positive stimuli helps reduce pain so it's teaching your body that things can feel good. Quotes of the day one more time which Nobel Prize winning author who saw combat in both world wars said when people talk listen completely most people never listen and you'll hear the answer to that at the end of today's show so let's get back into the interview with Amy Orr. You mentioned the disadvantage of um, ill health, particularly for young people uh, in in the workplace.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, depending on the type of pain you have, it can be incredibly disruptive. Um, I know in some workplaces, some things are becoming more common. So... Uh, a common one for back pain is like the standing desks, which you, you must have seen, yeah. um, are becoming more and more common um, yeah. to try and help people who have back pain. And you know, a lot of those are in offices with primarily young um, personnel, and yeah. people mm. are, are more conscious of the damages of just sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. But there are lots of other uh, there are lots of other ways other than just sitting at a desk that your pain can influence your career possibilities yes um uh, one of the most obvious being like if you are in quite a lot of pain you might not be able to work at all yeah like it's um not very many people with chronic pain seek disability but but which is understandable because you know people want to work people want to yeah earn a living and yes um feel useful uh
1: yes exactly
0: Yeah. yeah and and so you and when you're young as well, so I'm sort of all over the map in, in this, but when you're young, you are surrounded by people who have expectations of, well, if a job comes up, I can do that job. Or, yeah. you know, like, even if it's, you know, working at McDonald's, standing up all day and you just have yeah. sort of an expectation that you'd be able to do that. Yes. And you might not be able to. Um Yeah. And when you're in a – I think it's a bit easier when, when you're established in a workplace and you, you sort of – as you get older, uh, maybe you start experiencing back problems or arthritis-related problems. And yeah. having that be something that sort of – you've already got an established relationship in a company or in a workplace. The people around you know you. You've established yourself, you know, of what your normal work product is like. Yeah. Um, and it's easier to say, Hey, you know, I, I need an ergonomic chair or, Hey, look, I'm having a hard time carrying these heavy boxes. Yeah. And there are lots of workplaces that will be able to help you figure that out or that will have other, you know, employees who are going through similar things and it becomes more of a, a like a company wide problem rather than a, your problem. Yeah. Um, but when you're young, <sighs> there's just the expectation that you'll be able to do whatever you put your mind to or yeah. whatever you're prepared to work for. And
1: yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You you just might not have those abilities. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, I think the example I, I give in the book is like, um, you know, if you're 18 and you're considering going to med school, but you have chronic pain, like you really need to have a serious rethink because think about the training the doctors go through of, you know, it can be back to back shifts. It can be night shifts. It can be 14, 16 hours on your feet, on the go, you know, skipped meals, just like a brutal work schedule.
1: Yes. Very demanding. Very demanding.
0: And you have to think if you're, you know, looking down the barrel of that's what I would need to do. Like, am I going to be able to do that realistically?
1: And you have to do that. And you have to be take responsibility for all the complicated decisions that you make for those 16 hours that you're on duty, yeah. which could potentially have very serious consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's a bit of a ridiculous system, actually, putting people under that much pressure. Yeah, it's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's certainly not uh,
0: going to bring out the best in people, so. No,
1: um, no. But
0: yeah, it's, it's something that I am all too aware that there are workplaces and bosses who, if you go to them and say, look, you know, I have this chronic pain problem and I'm struggling to do X, they're just gonna say, I don't care. Yeah. Um But that's something that again, you're gonna have to accept might be a possibility. Yeah. Um, which is a it's hard, it's brutal. I mean having to think about maybe I won't be able to work in that job or keep my job is scary. Um, especially here in, you know, in the States when your healthcare coverage is tied to your employment. Okay. That's, that's just a, a brutal, um, thing to have to face of like, if I say I need help and they fire me, I've also lost my health benefits. Wow. Um, but which yeah, which is why I'm terrified of the States. Like I would never, ever live in the States. It's just too scary a thought. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's a, a difficult situation and you kind of have to have a few different ideas in mind of like how you would manage it if, you know, you weren't able to do the job you'd previously done.
1: Yeah. Okay. Part three of the book, tools and therapies. So you start off with medications and yeah, something that sort of comes up every now and again, but I think it's kind of definitely worth mentioning again, is the pharmacist. Because they, um, they have a very sort of specialist knowledge, don't they?
0: They do. Um, and honestly, I hadn't really thought about using pharmacists as like a tool in my healthcare until I suddenly had a very good pharmacist.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Like
0: it's just not something that occurred to me. Like I went to, you know, Boots in Britain for years yeah. and I went to like the equivalent over here, which is called Shoppers. And okay. you just, it's any number of interchangeable people behind the counter. Yeah. And you just, you hand in your slip and you get your prescription and that's it. Yeah. And I didn't know there was more to it than that until yeah. um, I moved and our local pharmacy now is one of those little like, um, I don't want to say mom and pop shops, but it's, it's like a yeah. family run business. Yeah. And it's not a big brand. And, mm. you know, they introduced themselves to me and I was like, what? It's like, <laughs> uh, hello. And they're like, well, <laughs> You know, like, well, you've, you've got a I lot of. I just
1: came here to get my prescription. Why are you telling me your name? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like having them sort of say, well, you've got a few different prescriptions and, you know, we just want to make sure you knew who we were and you need me help managing them. And yeah, and I was like, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, and yeah, ha- like being able to talk to them about your meds, how they're supposed to work. Um, yeah, like how often you're supposed to take them, which can get complicated if you're on multiple meds. Sometimes they interact. Sure. Sometimes some you have to take with food. Some you can't eat within an hour of taking. Like it can get complicated, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's um they are the people to ask all of those questions about medications. And yeah. most people don't think about it or realize they can do that. Yeah. Um, which is hard if you're, you know, your nearest pharmacy is Boots and every time you go in, it's someone different and that can be really tough. But yeah, even the people who are there, even if you don't know them, you can still ask them those questions and they will be able to give you an answer. Yeah. Um. They
1: and they'd probably be quite willing to as well, wouldn't they? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's their job, like, yeah, it's their whole job is to make the medicines and like give them to the patients and make sure the patients know how to use them, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a really underused resource, um, yeah. And the thing that I'd say is, like, I know in like boots and shoppers, and uh, thinking of the American ones like Walgreens and what have you. Th- there are quite often just sales staff behind the counter at the pharmacy. Yes. But just because the sales, staff there
1: will be a pharmacist somewhere. Yes,
0: there will that, there will be a pharmacist yes. somewhere, probably in a room behind the counter yeah. making pills and, or, you know, dispensing pills or whatever it is yeah. that they need to be doing at that time. But yeah. like, all you need to do is ask,
1: you know, yeah. can I
0: speak to the pharmacist? Yeah. I mean, then you can ask whatever questions you need to ask and get a straight answer and and keep track of what you're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah. It's a good tip. I like that. Yeah,
0: yeah not, not <laughs> everyone's as lucky as having, you know, like a quality, you know, independent shop right around the corner, but like there's going to be a full-time pharmacist wherever you go, so.
1: Yeah. Mm. I guess it's about... You know, thinking of the possibilities and trying to find whatever resources you can that are available to you.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. um, yeah. I feel like living in chronic pain in general is uh, an exercise in problem solving. Yeah. So like, Absolutely. yeah, you just, and some of that stuff you're never going to think of on your own. And sometimes you might think something, think, huh, that's clever. And, you know, Google it yeah. and, and not many other people have done it. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's just how it works.
1: Yeah. Do your own research, exactly. as you say.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Another thing that you um, you didn't seem to like very much, like the exercise and the training, you is not something that you were naturally drawn to, shall we say? And I got the impression that it was a similar kind of similar thing with mindfulness and meditation. Yeah,
0: that's one of those annoying things where you kind of you don't really want to think it works because it seems so hokey, right? Of like someone talking, yeah. wonder, oh, you breathe through the pain. And it's just yeah. like my automatic reaction, even now, even when I know that it does help and it does work, it's still to tell them to bugger off,
1: right? Yeah. It's like... Um, I'd rather go back to the pharmacist and get some pills. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, it sounds like it shouldn't work. And it sounds like it's just some like new age nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, mindfulness for me is really, it's not so much about like the breathing techniques or, you know, or yoga and things like that. It's, it's more about just being aware of your own body and what's happening in your own body and how you are emotionally responding to that. Because it's very easy to hurt and then get grumpy And then you feel worse and to not, to get into that cycle without really realizing you're doing it. And for me, mindfulness is putting a step between you hurt and you get crumpy, you get grumpy and saying, okay, I hurt. That doesn't have to define my mood. Yeah. Um, And having the space to do that is for me, it's just a mindfulness exercise. Um, And that does help because, Pain and suffering are not the same thing, and
1: that's an interesting concept.
0: Well, yeah, because well, like pain is physical, suffering is your reaction to pain, like your emotional takeaway and how you psychologically respond to it. And you can be in pain without suffering from it and being depressed and miserable or angry and anxious, and like the pain can exist without you making your mood and your psychological outlook based on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think, I mean, that's not, that's not the easiest thing to practice. Um, it's a very natural response to say, well, I hurt and this sucks and I'm grumpy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's once you've sort of given yourself the room and the time to think, I hurt and that's bad, but I'm okay and I can yeah. still do X, Y, and Z. And, yes. yeah. you know, then you're not yeah. in a suffering place. Then you're in a, yeah. okay, well, it hurts, um, but there are other things as well.
1: Yeah. That doesn't, there can be pain, but that doesn't necessarily have to lead to anxiety and anger and, you know, the other depression and the other... Yeah. Negative emotions that we were talking about. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's that's like an ongoing lesson that everyone has to learn because yeah, it can be easy, or you can you know have worked to get a handle on a chronic pain problem, and feel pretty well regulated in of yourself, and sort of know that you're dealing with it pretty well, and then something can change, and yeah. it's it's like you're back to square one. Yeah, and it's um it's important not to beat yourself up yeah. about being in pain or to look for causes or blame. Like it can be easy to say, well, I must've done something wrong because now, you know, my back hurts much more Yeah, and that's yeah. just compounding your own anxiety and anger and yeah. Yeah. It's making, making you suffer more and you don't need to suffer more.
1: Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um very important and you've got a couple of uh, meditation practices in the book
0: yes yeah really um fairly beginners ones of just yeah. like here's some simple breathing and yeah. how you can try and consciously relax your muscles yeah um yeah which is a useful skill to have right
1: yeah really yeah yeah I think it makes a huge difference yeah and then you you Talk about some, well, quite a lot of different alternative therapies.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the range of available alternative therapies seems to be changing all the time. Um, So I tried to be fairly exhaustive in in what I listed. Yeah. Um, And not too too judgmental about them as well, right? There are definitely some that have more scientific basis than others. Yeah. Um, And my personal sort of compass is that i tend to sort of laugh at the holistic you know new age type um therapies and and put my faith more in more established scientific treatments but the truth is it doesn't really matter like those distinctions to me are a bit arbitrary in the face of does it help yeah and if it helps this is the
1: um yeah this is the, the, the proof of the puddings in the eating, isn't it? Either it helps or it doesn't.
0: Yeah. And it might be that some things help that you're like, that. there's no possible way this could be helping. I don't understand, like, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. And there are some things that, you know, everyone else has tried and thinks is great and it doesn't work for your body. Yeah. And, yeah, like, number one, does it help? That's it. If it yeah. helps, great, do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You talk about retraining the nervous system as well.
0: Yeah, which is a little bit like, I mean, the, the exercise and the mindfulness yeah. and all of that all feeds into that concept of um, connecting with your nervous system yeah, uh, and understanding it and figuring out ways to teach it pleasure uh, for want of a better okay. word. Like it can be easy to be in chronic pain and just feel kind of crappy about yourself and your body. And, yeah. you know, just be like, Oh, why me? And yeah. this hurts so much and, and focus on that. And I think um, at what and research has shown that um, maintaining positive stimuli helps reduce pain. So it's teaching your body that things can feel good and yeah. like retreading those those grounds again and again so your nervous system learns wow. that it can feel relaxed and it can feel good and it can feel pain-free. Because yeah. um, that will help not just lessen your pain in general, but it also helps psychologically when you're in pain
1: because yeah.
0: it's not just like, I've always been in pain, and there is no relief and you know, oh God, why me? It's well, okay, it hurts now, but i I felt great, you know, last week when I went for that massage, and you know that was lovely, yeah. and you can remember those good things and hold on to them,
1: yes,, mm. yeah, because if it felt good last week, it can feel good next
0: exactly. week exactly, yeah, um it's it's not quite so much of the all or nothing attitude.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or life's terrible, I'm in terrible pain all the time.
0: Yeah, which is- Yeah,
1: being a little bit more open-minded, you know, focusing on the positive, I suppose. Yes,
0: exactly, yeah. Um, Which is why I find support groups actually kind of a weird, um, like they can be kill or cure, I think a little bit, because there are lots of really amazing support groups where you can go and it just gives you that little bit of perspective you need, right? It, it yeah. gets you out of that, you know, woe is me and, and everything's yeah. terrible and always will be because yeah. Yeah. I mean, you learning. My others. doctor's
1: useless and no one understands. Yeah. And...
0: You, you realize it's not just you. Yeah. Um, and that, that perspective can really, really help. Um, And, you know, you can learn a lot of useful tricks from other people who are going through the same thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are definitely some support groups that it's a bit like screaming into the void. Yeah. Just everyone wants the chance to have a good complaint and then they're done. And that venting is valid, but it's not going to get you anywhere. No. Like it doesn't solve anything
1: yeah i uh, i've i've seen this a lot yeah i you know i i don't want to criticize but it almost seems that some people are not really interested in hearing anything positive or any any kind of positive steps that they, they can take they almost react angrily yeah to sort of suggestions
0: which i think is um is actually another form of denial like yeah they want like yeah they have felt like out of control of what's happening to their own body. So they've just gone, well, I'm completely out of control of it and nothing I can do can possibly help. And anyone saying any different is, you know, either doesn't understand or um, doesn't know, like hasn't experienced what they're experiencing or is, you know, minimizing them or shaming them or whatever. And that is a fine line, right? There are, Sometimes, and it's okay to get angry and upset and to want to vent a bit, but wallowing isn't isn't helpful to you or to the people around you. They're going to get sick of it really quickly.
1: For me, the absolute best part of teaching the Priority Program is seeing the results my guys and girls achieve by taking back control of their own well-being, When program members get back to enjoying the things that they want to do in life, without being restricted by pain, anxiety, and fear. So seeing the improvements in people's lives for me, that's just the best feeling, a real buzz. If you're ready to take action to change your life for the better, and you can check out my free online seminar. It's called How to Beat Back Pain and you'll find it at backpainliberation.com priority where you can register for the next available webinar. In this online seminar, you'll discover the three commonly held misconceptions that keep millions of people just like you locked in the misery of chronic back pain, restricted and unable to reach their full potential, be it at work or in sports, hobbies, creative or outdoor pursuits. You'll learn why treating back pain as a medical problem so often fails, leaving sufferers struggling to fulfil responsibilities to their partners, children or other family. And you'll see how a vicious circle of restriction, fear and pain makes it hard for you to enjoy an active social life. What should be fun events become literally painful, leading to further isolation. You'll also find out how to break through the self-limiting beliefs by adopting the mindset of empowerment so that you can eliminate or at least significantly reduce your back pain and be free to focus instead on your career or personal goals and fulfilment. You'll hear how to implement the three pillars of the Back Pain Liberation System to feel relaxed and comfortable doing everyday stuff like making and enjoying the family dinner together, maybe just mowing the lawn or driving to the shops. You'll also realize you can stop wasting time and money on ineffective treatments and therapies and avoid the risks of surgery and long-term use of pain medication. And you'll discover how to incorporate this unique, practical and effective self-help system into your busy life to feel confident and enjoy attending social gatherings sports and cultural events one more time you can register to attend the next available webinar at backpainliberation.com priority or you can just follow the link from the show notes for today's episode back to the interview with amy now planning for the future.
0: Yeah. Which is hard, hard to do, hard to do, even if you don't have chronic pain. Um,
1: Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause like, especially like all the different uncertainties that everyone faces and, you know, financial planning and family planning and all of those things. And then you have to add the unpredictability in. Of Am I going to be able to? Yeah. Um, and that's tough. Um, but it's again somewhere where knowing your priorities is crucial. Um, yep. Because if you sort of know your priorities and you know, okay, look, I like my job and my job is is great and I'm okay to put my energy into it now, but really long-term from my life, what I want is kids. Then yep. you have a better idea of where to put your energies, which are probably limited and like what you want to focus on so that when pain does come up, you're not worrying about, okay, is it going to affect my job? You're worrying about, okay, what, how is it affecting my long-term goals? Yeah. Um, with Yeah. And, and you might have to give up some of those long-term goals or, you know, learn to accept something different and that's also hard, but. Yeah. I think all anyone can do is make the best of what they have on any given day. Yeah. And if you're doing that, then you're doing as much as you can yeah yeah it's none of it's easy right
1: no no i mean life's as you say life's tough enough for everyone but if you throw in um yeah being in chronic pain then it makes it even more
0: difficult it does it does but it is helpful to remember that everyone has their own stuff everyone has their own problems that to them seem like the biggest problems in the world and um, yes everyone is going through something um it, yes. it sort of amazed me actually the number of people like since the book came out just the number of people who like i would consider friends and i know reasonably well who've sort of turned around and thought, oh well i have this chronic pain problem or oh, i've given your book to my mum because she has this really bad problem and yeah. it's you, know, like, you didn't know i, I didn't know and It's one of those things that everyone has something and there are obviously, you know, variations and and grades of how terrible it is if someone's dying of leukaemia. That's obviously a lot more serious. But yes, um, everyone has something and and just giving them a break and giving yourself a break can do a lot.
1: Yeah. And as you say, uh, having a a positive plan of action and a positive mindset. Um it sounds a little bit cliched when I say it like that, but it you know it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It
0: does. Um because the only way you can make any changes is if you think about what changes you want to make and yeah. figure out a way to do that. If you're exactly if you're just looking at where you are and going, I don't like this, then yes. how is anything going to change?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um it's a tough lesson for all of us of we are the only ones who are responsible for our bodies right like i'm the only person who is in charge of my body and so it's my job to look after it yeah and i have to do that whether i like it or not
1: yes very true yeah
0: it's so i don't think i think perhaps you're right the having a positive attitude can sound a little hokey but i would say like just being determined. Yes. Like just, yeah. yeah, you just have to sort of say, well, if it's going to get, I'm going to do everything I can to make it better. It might not work, but damn it, I'm going to try.
1: Yes. I I think that's kind of half the battle right there.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, mm. Because, I, I, again, there's no judgment in this statement because I lived in the place of just pretend it doesn't exist and everything will be fine for a really long time, but you have to realize there's a problem and decide to do something about it.
1: Yes, um, exactly. And, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And
0: yeah, once you've done that, then you're most of the way there. You're right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I think we have, um, well, we've been talking for an hour and a half, which is fantastic.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay.
1: And I, I think we've come to a, a bit of a natural conclusion there. We, we've we covered most of what I was planning to talk about. Is there anything that, uh, that we've missed or that you think uh, we should add?
0: I think the only thing I would add um, would be uh, like a stress for your listeners on the importance of finding the right doctor.
1: Okay. Yep. Which
0: sounds like, sounds a bit odd because most people don't think they have a choice in their doctor. Um, yep. Like you go to your local family doctor and, you know, your GP and that's who you see. And if they refer you to a specialist, that's the specialist you go and see. It's important yep. to know that that isn't true um, in most medical okay. systems. I'm not yep. sure what it is in Sweden, but I know in the UK, in Canada, and the States, you can ask for a different doctor. Um, which is something that quite a lot of people in chronic pain might have to do because, because of the level of disbelief they face, you know, if a doctor orders an x-ray on your back and it it doesn't show anything, they might just say, okay, well, you look healthy, you're fine. You know, off you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not helping you, um, find a, find a way to manage it or to really do anything to set your mind at ease either.
1: Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, the attitude. I don't know if it's something you came across personally, but the attitude of some doctors that uh, someone in chronic pain is just um, drug-seeking, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's a lot more common over this side of the pond for,
1: for obvious okay. reasons.
0: Um, yeah. It's. I've been accused of that. Um, I've been led in a, you know, an A and E at three a.m. on a cold winter's night with gallstones and being told because i have a history of chronic pain and i'm on other meds being told yeah. you're you're faking it you just want some drugs
1: gallstones wow you have been in the wars, haven't I you have. i mean i've i've never had experienced that but i know people who've had gallstones and i know that it's intensely painful it is
0: it's brutal um so yeah and, yeah, and like hearing someone tell you you're faking it when you're in the middle of that is gutting
1: yeah, I mean it's
0: yeah. it's it's so offensive. Um yeah. But a, a lot of people have to face that here. It's because there has been, you know, so much focus on the opioid crisis and yes, um, especially before. I mean, marijuana is legal here in Canada now. But
1: um, is it? I didn't know that. It
0: is. It's recreationally legal now.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's, there's no criminal offence for possession of marijuana. In any circumstances, no.
0: I think it's. I think there's um, like volume limits. Like you
1: can't okay, yeah. be
0: carrying around like five pounds of weed, but um, <laughs> and I think you're you're allowed to grow your own plants, but there's a maximum number you can grow. So it's definitely only yeah. for personal use.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. Well, how's how long has that been the case? Uh,
0: oh, not that long. It's been um, medically legal well the entire time i've lived here but recreationally i think it was last summer
1: okay um so it's fairly and how's that worked out
0: i think quite well in general um because smoking was already banned in basically all public places yeah um so it's not like suddenly everyone's smoking weed everywhere um
1: okay so you're not allowed to walk down the street smoking
0: uh I don't think technically was, you are.
1: No. So, I'm, I'm quizzing you a lot about the Canadian legal yeah, system. No, I, I
0: don't think you are because um, you're not allowed to walk down the street with an open beer. Okay. Um, they have quite strict rules here about like what you're allowed to do in public. Yeah, okay. um, but I mean you're very you're completely legal to, you know, sit in your home or a business that has permitted it and smoke. Yeah. Um, or vape or do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and, and Mm. that change, I think has, um, has helped quite a lot because Canada, I think is fairly forward in the discussions about, um, drug use and different kinds of drugs and, you know, prescription weed has been legal here for a long time. Um, but I know in the States, it's still very and miss. Like, so I can't, Mm. like, even if I was traveling to a state where weed was legal, I could not travel across the border with weed. Um, so it's, it's all a bit complicated. Um, but yeah, yeah. like, especially with the opioid stuff, drug seeking behavior is, uh, is definitely considered a big problem. And if you are a patient who has maybe had a few tests done and nothing showed up or has a chronic problem that doesn't have an, have an easy to pinpoint cause, it's very easy for doctors to look at you and go, well, you must just want the drugs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's very unpleasant and the the range of, of what you can get from your doctor can, I mean, and the range of causes to want to ask for another doctor can be anywhere from that to that. They're just not listening to you. Um, but whatever reason you have for being uncomfortable, you can do something about it. Yeah. Um, you definitely don't have to just sit with a person who doesn't believe you or doesn't trust you or is telling you that what you experience is false. Yeah. Um, even even with GPs, you can request another GP. It might be a bit of a process. Yeah. Like I know in Canada yeah.
1: here,
0: like you have to um submit a request to the medical oversight board to get assigned a different GP just because they're all so busy. Um there's a shortage. True. But it's still possible. If you have a reason, if you're saying, look, I'm not comfortable with this doctor anymore, then, then yeah. that's all that they need. Yeah. Um, you just have to be prepared to do a little bit of admin. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I've always known that it was possible in the UK to change your GP. Um, I've never done it, uh, but uh, I've,
0: I've yeah, never well. done it with a GP, but I've done it with a gastroenterologist because okay. I did it here. Actually, I, The I had, gallstones for talk about just then, but I had them for a year and my gastroenterologist at the time kept doing random tests on me and not finding any results. And I, I spent a year going, it's my gallbladder. I know it's my gallbladder. I can feel it. It's gallstones. And he wouldn't order the test to confirm that. So in the end I had to say, I had to go back to my GP who was the person who had referred me to the specialist and say, I need another referral. This person isn't listening to me. Yeah. Um, and then got another specialist and had the test and it was like, yeah, it's a gallbladder and, you know, bing, bang, boom, problem solved. Okay. So yeah, sorry. i waffled so they, a bit they, there. They, we they, have gone quite long.
1: I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this actually, <laughs> the, the gallstones thing, because they break them up, don't they somehow?
0: So they can do it depends on what the stone is made of. Okay. Um different types of stones do different things. Um I, I, I ended up I just had my whole gallbladder taken out. Just it was <gasps> wow. there were it was like 20 stones in there. So there um, yeah, so that that was unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Poor you. <laughs> yeah.
1: You've not had it easier. No, I know, <laughs> wow. woe is me. <laughs> but think positive yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> mm. okay well um anything else
0: no i don't think so it's been lovely to have a chat
1: yeah been really good yeah very interesting and as i said i love the book i thought it was um really useful kind of general self-help book for pretty much any chronic pain condition yeah i think it, it would apply well, I, hope, yeah. I
0: hope people find it useful that was really the whole point
1: yes um i as i say i think you made a lot of um points which would be relevant to pretty much anyone suffering any kind of chronic pain condition it's a good read yeah good definitely I, th- I think it would be it'd be useful to to a lot of people um so your website again is it's
0: amyallbooks.com
1: and you are on facebook and twitter I yes think. i am yeah under the same yes, sorry, concept, under yes. the same, name. same same moniker yeah yeah <laughs> same moniker yeah good oh right i think in that case we're 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 done are we yeah
0: i think so um i guess it's probably quite late after that afternoon or evening there now so i'll, I'll let you go and have your dinner and do it's you 20, to do. 20 to 10 oh, wow okay well there you go
1: yeah we're a few hours ahead of you yes you, you are yeah. yeah just a few all yeah. right
0: well it was lovely yeah, to chat and thank you so much for having me on
1: well, thank you for being such a a, a great guest. Yeah, it was uh, lovely to talk to you, and I think we've uh, covered an awful lot of very important stuff. Yes,
0: yeah, I hope so. All right, well, I mean, obviously, please uh, send me the link once. once I will do. Yeah, share
1: it. yeah, I will do. Yeah, Perfect. Uh, I'll let you know. Um, the episode will be your first. which well, is going to be two, possibly three episodes, because I tend to keep, keep them to about half an hour okay. each, and. Uh, They'll start coming out in, um, well, within the next few weeks. So I'll let you know when when the first one's due out.
0: Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you.
1: Lovely talking to you. You too. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Pain Liberation podcast. Show notes for today's episode are at backpainliberation.com slash episode 40, where you'll also find the link to the webinar, How to Beat Back Pain quotes of the day the Nobel Prize winning author who saw combat in both world wars and said when people talk listen completely most people never listen was Ernest Hemingway that's it for today thanks to Amy Orr for being a great guest and thanks again to you for listening next time I'll be talking to author of Tight Hip twisted core and inventor of the hip hook christine koth this is a back pain liberation podcast if you find the show helpful don't forget to rate review and share with anyone else you know who has back problems i'm Ian Barker all the best